Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Surreal Gerald Quinn, episode 882 of the Real Deal Podcast. And I have on the line, on the on the Zoom, a very, very special guest. This has been one of my, just frankly, just most anticipated podcasts, probably my most anticipated podcast of 2023. I would say that because I've been looking forward to this, considering my love for the show Snowfall and just the story of one Diara J who was on the line. Diara, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like highly anticipated. That's this is I gotta have some some good things to say right now. <laughs> yeah, I, like when we connected, um, and I you know found out what you you know what you did and what you're currently doing, and and I'll, that combined with again my love for the show Snowfall, uh, I was like this. I had to make this happen. Like this, this has to happen because I like that show. Only a week removed from the uh, series finale, uh, I think will be something that people will be talking about for uh, years to come. Uh, Diara is a is a writer. Producer uh, for FX for the FX networks, uh, she has a she has done a host of other things as well. We'll certainly get into that. Just tell us about before we get into snowball snowball. We have plenty of time for that. Tell us about your journey into becoming how one becomes gets to where you're at, and that how is that how has that process been over the course of your, of your life? Yeah, for sure. I think. Even starting out, I've always been writing or in some form of entertainment. I did, you know, acting and modeling and writing and all these different things. And then when I got to college, it was very much I went into the television program and it was heavily news-based, which news wasn't really my forte. I loved entertainment news which was cool because I ended up getting an internship at E! News, and that was fun. Um, But my first job out of school was actually at CNN. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through things to learn what you like, but also what you don't like. And I had great experiences there, but I knew that I wanted to write on more scripted content, get more into that. And then um, from leaving CNN, I stayed within the parent company and went to Cartoon Network, which I had a great time. It really showed me how to own content and, you know, pitch creative ideas. I think that I was able to express my creativity a little bit more within that network. And then, you know, CNN to Cartoon Network. I did some freelancing in between you know, BET Awards. I worked on that. So I got some award show experience. Um, I had a brief stint at Paternity Court, which was interesting. So um, I've definitely explored a lot of different avenues of television, but I love it. And now being at FX, I get to work on some really fun and fearless content that um, really makes me happy and really pushes my creativity. So it's definitely been a journey, but I've learned a lot. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of the, the stuff that I've been able to work on. Yeah, FX has, like, we'll talk more about this. I mean, FX has just had a history of just doing just some just remarkable programming, original original programming. I, I frankly believe that 
outside of HBO, there has there's not a network that has produced as many quality shows year after year after year other than FX, and and it hasn't even been around that long to be honest. So that's it's mm-hmm. been you know, it, yeah again. Snowfall is gone, but the next the next great show is always is basically just around the corner for documentary. Uh, talk about you, you mentioned a couple of things there. I found interesting. You know, people talk about wanting to get into the business and how do you get into the business? And there's really no straight path to into this industry. It seems like, and even with broadcasting as well and podcasting things of that nature, is just you know kind of develop skills and. Like you said, you you don't you'll figure out what you do like versus what you don't like. Right. What do you do? You think that uh, what do those, what do those experiences? What did your early experiences teach you? Um, especially at CNN and some of those and some of these earlier jobs. What what are some things that stood out that you learned about this business that continue to help you to the uh, today? Yeah, for sure. I think that. Each experience I've had has definitely, you know, taught me valuable skills that I've taken into um, other jobs. I think of my first, I actually did, while I was in school, I did a work-study program and I was at PBS. And um, they're like affiliate there. And one of my first jobs, I had to like caption and like transcribe like every show and not only did it improve my typing skills, of course, but um, even to this day, there's sometimes like scripts that you have to transcribe and different stuff. So I think I look back to even that where it was like that felt so tedious and like so non-important. But, you know, through each thing that you're doing, even for people who want to get into the industry and you may not have a direct job into the industry just yet I think it's important to recognize that you're building skills I mean people skills is a big part of television um, and just in this industry it's not like you said before there's no one path it's not like oh okay well I got this job so that means next I just got to be promoted to this like it's very I don't know it's it's just I don't want to say by chance or anything like that but it's you know there is no direct path and like there are in some other careers. So that can be very frustrating for some people, but I find it very exciting. It's like you can go in so many different ways and there's so many different careers within TV. But I think that, you know, those foundational skills can be brought up within any kind of job. So I'm looking at like, well, I'm doing my research on you and just your so your journey here with some of the uh, experiences that you had as far as uh, jobs and skills. I'm, you know, I'm just, I was in awe because I was like writer, producer, contract negotiator, project mm-hmm. management, video photographer, group meeting. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of hats uh, over the course of, a, you know, over the course of a, even of a lifetime, let alone out, you know, how long have you, over a decade or so, do you, was this the ultimate plan to, like, was, was this your ultimate plan to have to accumulate these type, these all these skills to so so you can get to this point, or or was this something that just kind of like, all right, I'm, I've developed this relationship, I've developed this particular skill, this, is, this has led to that, that led to this? Mm, I think I'm 
naturally very curious and so it's sometimes like if something piques my interest like um I learned how to edit and stuff and that's something that like I don't really edit but I'm like I know how to and you know I'm not that's not necessarily my strength um or my you know biggest thing that I work on but it's also like a skill that it's like okay if I need to I can go back to that so I just always think that um, it's important to develop a lot of different skills. And I think also in school and then within my first job, it was all surrounded by news. And there's the term of like one man band. And within people within like local news, they're having to oftentimes write, shoot, edit, do all these different things. So I was kind of trained to kind of have that mentality of like, I you need to know how to do it all, which I'm very grateful for. So I think it kind of naturally made me want to pick up a bunch of different skills. So it's like sometimes, you know, you get into jobs and it's like you don't have to do it. You don't have to know how to do all of this stuff. But I think that it is good because you never know when those skills might transfer or be helpful. So I, I just think that being in that mentality of like being taught to know how to do it all or explore different interests really helped I think I'm also not afraid to like ask questions about something or ask people what they do you'd be surprised like people like talking about what they do so sometimes in different departments like I'll work with editors or you know sound mixers and stuff so I'm kind of like oh well how do you do this or how do you do that it's not necessarily something that it's like okay well I'm gonna develop this skill but to even have like a, a foundational background or some kind of knowledge on that. I think that that's important. And it also allows me to do my job better. Because if I find ways to know how a person is doing their job, I know where I can step in and help that person. And we can work to be able to collaborate and have better teamwork together. What are some of the challenges you faced as a, as a, as a Black woman in Hollywood in, in, this, in this space? Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, sometimes, let's see how I can, how I can say, I think for the most part, I haven't had too much where it's just like um, outright bad experiences or anything. But I think naturally there comes from just, you know, being black within this industry all along, we're often underestimated. And um, it is a thing where you have to work really hard to make your voice heard or to make sure that your stories or the things that you write are, you know, vocalized and stuff. I think that that has been a personal journey for me as well to just like, you know, speak up about things and like use my voice. I think as black people within corporations and various industries, we're kind of felt like we need to kind of blend in and not be too loud or too outspoken. We kind of need to, you know, fit within the foundations of whatever the corporate or landscape is and that kind of thing. And I think um, now we're in an exciting time where it's kind of like we can speak up and we can use our voice and be bold. And I think that that's been an interesting journey for me. 
but it is like um you look on for instance for content um we have great stories that are outside of slavery or trauma and that seems to be what is often requested and what wins awards like i know we're going to get into snowfall later but you know that's not an emmy award-winning show should it be probably should but it's it's not what you know is always highlighted and that kind of thing i think that there's definitely within hollywood i talk to other writers or other people and it kind of is like you know i have this great content but you know it seems like only stuff about slavery or black people within traumatic times is what wins awards you know um also insecure had like a really great run very influential to the landscape of television and black stories and you know it didn't get the recognition that i feel and a lot of people feel that it deserves so um it's just getting over that boundary or kind of that mentality where we're just like you know just put out work your hardest for what you can and you almost can't focus on the recognition but i think that recognition within our community is just as important you know we don't need it it, it's nice to have awards and stuff but it kind of sometimes it sucks because it is kind of like you know i can put out this story but will it get the recognition that it deserves yeah i I mean i saw i've seen that through the course of my lifetime just watching you know i'm I'm not an awards person um, mm-hmm. myself. Uh, I could care less about the Oscars. I don't. I, there was a time I watched all those shows, the Golden Globes, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, only, the only, you know, only one I really even pay attention to is the Screen Actor Guild, the SAG Awards, because those are people's peers actually voting, and that seems to be more. There's a, you know, I think that I have more respect for that because you know you're being judged by your own peers and being voted by your own peers specifically. But for the most part, I just can't even like the Grammys. I just, the wars is so much politics. It's so, like, to your point about, you know, Denzel wins his first Best Actor Oscar for playing the Dirty Cop. Like, mm-hmm. great performance. No, tremendous performance is Denzel. But, we, I mean, come on. Like, Malcolm X, like, Sir David, the tens, tens upon ten, like, 30 performances that Denzel's given that were more that were better quality as far as the the, the the type of content and the type of roles but that just you know to your point that's just how that's just how the game is it's like it's like slavery trauma mm-hmm. things of that nature is is frustrating for me uh as a somebody who, who consumes content you know as a black man to, to see the black actors and actresses and content uh creators not get the recognition that they deserve. So I just say, I just say basically myself, the hell with the awards. I just don't, I just don't care about them. That's, that's kind of right. my protest to them. Cause I, I know quality when I see quality. Like the, I mm-hmm. think The Wire is the greatest show ever. It never right. got, got one golden Emmy nomination, one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's frustrating. I can understand. I, I totally, I totally understand, you know, we don't do the same thing, but I, I get what you're saying from that, how frustrating that could be in terms of the recognition. And because, and being in your position, like these are, I may not care about the awards, but 
an Emmy nomination for a show like Snowfall, that could be, you know, that's that's doors opening up for for writers, producers, you know, if you just for a nomination, let alone winning. Right. So it is a it is a big deal from that standpoint. Yeah, I think so, and I think you know, it's it's getting better. I mean, we have like you know Abbott Elementary. I think that that's been good, or even you know when Atlanta started really pushing out on the forefront, and that was exciting because that was like a bold story. It wasn't like some cookie cutter show. It, it addressed some real issues. Um, so that was an exciting time. So, you know, I think that it's always good to remain hopeful, but it is like, you know, I'll, I'll go back to insecure. There's no argument within our community, how influential that show was. Um, and you know, after a while, sometimes you're like, okay, you know, it doesn't even matter. You know, it, it matters more. I think you have to know what your intent is. I think for the most part, writers and people within this industry, yes, awards are nice, but we're not doing it to just, you know, put, you know, awards on our shelves and stuff like that. That helps definitely to build a brand and, you know, for more money, but you want that story told. You don't spend so much time working on a show that you don't have, you know, a lot of passion for. So I think that, it's more important about, you know, the people, I think the interactions, like I've enjoyed how much people have enjoyed Snowfall and have looked at it and, you know, the discussions and stuff, you know, that's, that's just as valuable. So um, I think it's just, you know, shaping the mentality and really looking at things, not about awards, about, because you have to also think about like, who's voting. It's like, I didn't, necessarily make the show for you so maybe you don't necessarily understand it um but yeah it's a journey but i did i am very hopeful that our stories start being at the landscape of like the forefront and as influential as they are and that being recognized we're a number of just talented black women right now that are killing the game as far Mm -hmm. as just producing Content creation, creation. I mean, Ava DuVernay, Issa Rae. Um, mm-hmm. Like Beatty, she's doing well, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people. Even going to podcasts like a Jamel Hill with what she's doing, and basically mm-hmm. create her own network with the Unbothered Network and put other Black women on. I was, you know, I just, I love to see it. What do you think that it? How have you benefited from this seemingly uh, just kind of like outpouring of, of just so many quality women in, in, in the business doing what they're doing and doing it at an extremely high level? Mm-hmm. I think it's very inspirational. You know, I think, you know, the topic in a lot of different avenues is just representation right now. And I think that, you know, no matter what industry you're in, when you see it, being done as pop like when it's possible that's that's very inspiring so right now i'm in a time that i have so many examples of like okay this is possible to do which is very encouraging and they're paving the way i think that um there's it's an exciting time i think that black women are, are definitely getting what they deserve and the recognition and 
being able to pave and open doors for others behind them. I think that that's um, an important thing as well. I think each one of those women have someone that's coming behind them that they've helped get through the door either directly or indirectly. So um, I'm, I'm very proud and excited for future opportunities and seeing more people come out. There's, uh, before we get to Snowfall, there's so much content coming out now, more content than ever before. I mean, mm -hmm. there's you know streaming service upon streaming service. Um, every like everybody has a podcast. Uh, everybody has a show. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about the challenge of separating the great content from just the regular content for you. As someone who you know who has the who's you know as a producer as someone who has to making decisions on, hey, is this a good story to tell or maybe we need to stay away from that? We'll talk about those challenges when when the consumers are saying we want more content, we want more content. I think a lot of times, I what I've seen and what I notice because uh, I'm, I'm a very picky watcher. I don't just watch anything for the most part. I got. Got a couple of guilty. I got a couple of guilty pleasure television <laughs> yeah. shows, um, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I'm very picky in terms of the type of content that I'm consuming because it just has to be quality. But people, people, people want content no matter what, no matter what mm -hmm. it is. So how is that challenging for you? Um, because I'm, I'm sure you have a high standard of what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, what stories want to be told, what stories should be told. Mm -hmm. Um. I think, yes, for sure, there is so much content, so many different platforms that you can watch content on. I think that um, it's an exciting opportunity for people to be able to have ownership and be able to make their own content. I think before we had like YouTube and, you know, different social media and stuff, it was kind of like you needed it in to be able to kind of um, have a platform for your content to live on. And now you can build a fan base off of, you know, recording or shooting stuff from your phone. And I think that that's really exciting and it gives content creators a lot of opportunity, especially going back to, you know, black creators. I think that when they don't have an industry connect, they're able to um, kind of highlight their own work that they're doing. And even if it's not about, how many people are watching it they have something to show for it so that when they are trying to you know you know build those skills or just being able to do it and say that they did it um but yes there is a lot of content i think that it's also subjective i think that there are some shows that i look at and i'm like how is this still on the air like right. <laughs> it just keeps getting renewed and then there's some shows that I'm like they really canceled that so it's all about like preference and um a lot of times with shows you can have a consensus like okay this is going to be a very successful show but you don't necessarily know until it comes out and what people are wanting you know right now there's shows on the air that are doing really well and they've you know, kind of become the standard of like when you're pitching shows like, oh, we need something like this. And, you know, now we're on this trend where we want um, an ensemble cast rather than just focused on one individual character. Like we want something with 
multiple characters that we can follow their stories. And that can be the way right now you start writing something for that. But by a year or so, or when you're ready to shoot something, it can be a whole different trend or a whole different kind of stories that are wanted. So it's definitely a journey. It's just, you don't know until you know, sometimes, um, we always, there's always a discussion about like FX about how they passed up on breaking bad because they didn't think it would be successful. And right. now that's just like, you know, a, a legendary show and, you know, highly referenced show. So it's like, you know, sometimes you have those, those moments and that kind of thing. And then sometimes you have shows that you think will do really well. They don't or they do. Um, it's just really all subjective. I do think that streaming has also opened up platforms for people to be able to watch network shows, but on like a streaming platform at their, at their leisure. Like for instance, when Snowfall got onto Hulu in season three, it kind of had a big spike and that kind of, it, um, opened it up for a lot more people and a lot more people started watching it. I think social media has also helped um, with different shows, just being able to have tweets and conversations. The amount of shows that I've even discovered from people like just posting something on social media and I'm like, oh, okay, I want to check this show out. So um, yeah, it's like your own mini promotion sometimes for shows. Uh, sometimes shows don't do well until they get into a couple different seasons or they might have a spike. So it kind of just depends, but there is definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of content right now, <laughs> for sure. No, no question about it. And <clears throat> that's a perfect segue to Snowfall. So I was on Snowfall from season one, mm -hmm. uh, from episode one. Like, I, as soon as I heard about the story and saw the trailers, what have you, I was like, I'm, I'm, all, I'm in. I'm all, like, I, yeah. Because I've never seen this story told about the crack epi epidemic in the 80s and the Reagan era, I've never seen it told like this, especially with a predominantly African-American cast. Right. Um, didn't know any of the actors, uh, mm -hmm. with the exception of Mon Joseph. And the, only reason I, the only reason I knew who Mon Joseph was because I actually used to watch that show on Cinemax called Zane Diaries. He was on one of the stars on the Zane Diaries. I don't know if you ever oh. seen that show. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, was on, he was on there about 10 years ago. So I knew who we, I knew who, I recognized his face, uh, but everybody else I had no idea who they were uh, in terms of the, the main cast and even some of the, the recurring characters. So I said, okay, this is this has some wire potential as far from that standpoint. Fresh cast, new story, you know, the story that hadn't been told yet. Told yet. Um, did you know from the inception that? it would get to this level or what like what were your initial thoughts about the show when it first started uh back in 2017 yeah i mean i wasn't at fx first for season one but i loved the show like you i watched it from you know season one episode one and i remember i would always tell people like you gotta watch this show like it's so good it's so good so even fast forward to seasons later i didn't expect to be working with the show it's just um one of those full circle moments that made me really happy but yeah it was just I think during that time it was something different I mean a show from 
John Singleton, you expect it to be good. I think that, you know, he has great classics. And then um, just seeing that perspective, yeah, it was like a a show that had a unique story. So I think that it is important that it did become um, like a, a big show, as big as it is, for sure. So you talk about Hulu. Um the, they streamed the episodes the day after on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard interviews um, where there was talk, and again, similar to The Wire, that there was talk that it was basically season by season for the first three seasons. Like, they didn't know that it was going to return. It was touch and go. Um, do you think Hulu saved the, uh, saved the show from that standpoint with the popularity of it? Give me one second. Sorry, I'm getting a Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, can you repeat that question, please? So, so the first three seasons, three seasons, based off some of the interviews and some of the things I've read, it was touch and go whether or not they would return for the following season. Do mm-hmm. uh, you think that uh, the streaming of uh, the show the day after on Hulu, in, in essence, might have saved the show? Um, I think... Yeah, I mean, I still wasn't at FX when it came on to Hulu the first time in season three, but I I could imagine so. I think that when you're looking at viewership, you know, that's the main thing that tells you how successful a show is. I think streaming metrics were a little bit um, maybe possibly easier to track, and it gave it an opening for more people to be familiar with that show and to, you know, open the Hulu app or, you know, on their TVs and stuff. And it's like a suggested show that could pop up and they have that where it's just whether as um, when you're tuning in for a specific time to watch a show, streaming kind of has that opportunity to explore other shows that might be recommended or on the network. So I, I definitely think that it increase the viewership for sure so the, the show covered like to me checked all the boxes from a standpoint of number one the writing was just phenomenal mm-hmm. um, you had compelling characters and you have a lead character that you know just evolved from this kind of like this 23 year old in real life to now i know he's 31 he started he started uh dancing idris sorry it's no problem when he was 23 but mm-hmm. his evolution as a we kind of got a, got to watch him grow up as a uh young adult actor from season one up until now um i like i've never seen anything like it to be honest with you i've never seen like i see anything like it from a we look at the protagonists in, in in other shows, like you look at Tony Soprano, you look at uh, Mad Men with Don Draper, you look at even uh, Brian Preston uh, in Breaking Bad. Those were all seasoned actors when they took over those roles. They were all seasoned, well, like well into their forties, their late thirties, early forties, and had bounced around. Especially Brian Cranston, he had been all over the place. But he was like 20, 25 years in. Uh, before Breaking Bad started, uh, at least at least twenty years in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to see someone that young uh, take on this, you know, this character and just seemingly just morph into what it became. Uh, talk about the performance of, you know, Damson Ildris. And again, did you, like, what did you, in terms of what did you see with the character of Franklin Saint? Yeah, I mean, he definitely evolved, I think. Um, I always hear about, and, you know, he'll talk about the things that he did coming to America and to LA and preparing for this role, auditioning for it, even, you know, studying the accent, kind of getting familiar with the city of LA. He definitely did his due diligence to study and morph into Franklin. I think that he worked hard for that role for sure. And then even starting out in season one, you know, he's playing this student, you know, walking around with, you know, his backpack and morphing into the drug dealer and then, you know, a boss and even watching recently into his downfall. It It's definitely been an amazing performance. I think that it's definitely something that is admirable and should be definitely recognized and he's so humble about it as well but he definitely brought franklin to life and i think that he should be very proud of his performance for sure what was it like working like just watching the show again you got a chance to um you got you, you kind of got on it at season two uh what year did you get the fx um I'm like, what year is it now? Uh, 2021. Okay, 2021. Yeah, so, so the that's, last that's... two seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I just wonder, just, you know, working with some of the writers, working with some of the, produ- the producers, and working with, like, I, I just wonder what was, like, that, the whole Snowfall experience like for you? Uh, and what what did you learn from it as, in terms of what, in terms of what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think I've learned so much about, um, I think, just the craft of television through this show. Honestly, it's definitely been one of my favorite shows to work on. I think that especially because it was one of those shows that before I got to FX that I was like, you know, I love this show. I think even in my interviews and like going into the job, they were kind of like, you know, what shows you on and I, when I was just talking about Snowfall and I'm like, I've been promoting Snowfall since like season one, telling people to watch it. I think between um, being able to work with the content, seeing the stories, the scripts, I think that it's taught me so much. I think that it's taught me about the kind of show and community I'd like to create um, for myself and for others. I would love to have a show that has such an impact and that people enjoy and can relate to these characters. You know, you don't have to be, have ever been a drug dealer to relate to Franklin. You know, he, you can relate to his sacrifice, his hard work, his, you know, wanting to protect the the people that he loves. I think that that's, um, it's just an all around great story. I think that it has just taught me so much and encouraged and developed my writing 
I think that I love watching just different scenes that they've done from like the camera work. I think it's so inspiring um, for that. I was watching um, a clip because I love watching how people are just like posting um, just different things throughout the seasons lately about snowfall because it is it's like a it's a sad thing that the show has come to an end so um I think a lot of people are kind of reminiscing right now and just seeing the clips I'm like of how it's always been a great show from season one but just to see how it's evolved or um just those little details that are within the show that really um, have come full circle or give a little bit more depth to the feel of the show. Um, it's 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 really been an amazing journey for sure. The season again. One day I will rank the seasons. I'm not even ready to rank the seasons right now because it's <laughs> too fresh yeah. in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, though I do love I do love season three with the Andre versus Franklin. That was uh, that I just that and I was, I was just shocked with Franklin. Spoiler alert! Rick Franklin killed him. So season yeah. three, season three kind of stands out, but even still, I, I I would have to really do a complete rewatch again to to, yeah. to like fully rank the seasons. But what I did notice in this particular this last season was because I I started doing a podcast on about the show on in season four. Mm -hmm. It jumped out to me. I was, so I, I would always rewatch the episode twice. The last three seasons, I rewatched each episode multiple times in preparing for the podcast. Every time I will watch a CA on the rewatch, particularly this season, there will be a bunch of other things that will come, bunch of other things that will come out on the second watch versus the first watch. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's brilliant. That as, you know, I keep, I keep referencing this show, references, references this show, The Wire, because that's that's what to me used to happen with The Wire. Like there was so much stuff going on, and there was such a nuanced show that you could there was no way to get everything in the first viewing. Like you had to watch it multiple times and catch this and that in terms of certain scenes. Even even this uh, one particular scene jumps out when Sissy's in jail. And he he's trying to get her, get the house from her because he's desperate at this point. He has next. He has nothing. Veronique took all his money. What happened? Rightfully so. Mm -hmm. She had. There's a halo that go, that's around her. And I was like, and somebody somebody mentioned it during the article. I was like, I don't, I didn't even see it the first time. And then the second time I noticed, I was like, there was a halo. I was like, what? I was like, my goodness. I was like that. That's just next level. Like that's just next level writing. That you know, I I assumed I could be dead wrong. But the halo was in reference to when Louis called him the devil. So I guess she was supposed to be at that point, maybe even a godlike figure versus where where he's at. So maybe, maybe I'm, I might I might I could be reaching, but that's that was my interpretation of that particular scene. But just just things like that, mm -hmm. the season jumped out in terms of just how layered the writing, excuse me, the writing was um, for this last season. Yeah, for sure. I think that the the writers and for really any show i'm like i think the the more writers and directors can work together and really like paint that full picture i think it's the teamwork and the chemistry for that is so important and then it's able to translate over to the actors and you know you can 
I'm, I'm hoping that everyone can tell just how much of a family um, the cast and crew of Snowfall were and are. I think that especially within these last couple seasons, there was a mission to really honor John Singleton's legacy. And so, you know, you want to honor that by giving the best work and really putting the the energy and the quality into it. But yes, it is, there's a lot of different details. And I love, within FX, I'm like, we always, the fan base is so so strong for like a lot of the shows um even outside of snowfall so it's always interesting to see um the theories that come out from even just like teasers or before the episodes have even gone or just like the discourse about the different shows so um we definitely love seeing that yeah they were there yeah the, the, the snowfall reddit reddit is hilarious it's, if you want to laugh uh snowfall reddit is uh this the fans are i mean it's so the fans are so into it like you you have some they definitely developed a cult like fake uh following with the uh fan base on all on, on a lot of these social network platforms especially reddit and also uh i started following their twitter mm-hmm. uh you know some twitter handles on uh, about snowfall in particular so there's so with the show being going now, of course there were already some talks. Um, well, first of all, did you how it ended? Do, do you think that was? And I know this this might be an impossible question to answer because this is hypothetical. But do you think it ended the way John Singleton would have wanted it to end, based on his vision uh, for like how the first three seasons went? Um. You know, yeah, I really don't know. I feel like because the fans are satisfied and feel like it was a good ending for the most part, I think that that can make, you know, him happy. But, you know, unfortunately, like, I I can't say that I knew him or, you know, had any insight into the direction that he felt the show should go. But I'm... Um, hoping that he's happy with how it went. I think, you know, there were a couple of different ways that Franklin's character could have ended. You know, I think the speculation, it was always like, how is he going to get his money back? Will he die? You know, will he get away with it? You know, those kind of different things. But I think that the ending became pretty realistic for it because... Um, yeah, he, it's the rise and the fall. So seeing him like that, it definitely broke my heart. I'm like being attached to the character. I'm like, you know, I wanted him to just have the money and ride off into the sunset. But, um, I don't think people would have been as happy with that ending because they wouldn't have felt that it was as realistic for him to just get away with the money untouched not in jail not dead you know it it, I think that that was the ending and it kind of probably touched on our hearts a little bit more to see him like that we have seen Franklin so powerful for so long and to see him like that even how 
you know, from the view of Leon when you're watching that scene and how Leon's looking at him. It, I think that the ending was the best ending that that could have could have taken place. So I am hoping that, you know, John is looking down and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that they could have did a better job uh, in terms of the ending. Um, killing him to me would have been a cop out. We've seen going to jail. We see the jail. You know, we see that with drug dealers. And boy, again, most of them being real, realistic. Most of them end up dead in jail. So it's not. It's not like had they chose to end it that way that that would have been something that you know is not that doesn't happen. We we know how how normally how that story turns out. But I think that considering the cat who this character was, and considering that who he hated the most for him to go out like Alton mm-hmm. or even worse yeah. than Alton because for him to become Alton the, the the version of Alton that was the, the alcoholic and it was on the streets I thought I thought it was you couldn't have a better ending because he, he yeah. despised Alton he despised yeah. everything about his father yeah and he, he, he actually became Bill but I think he actually became worse because at least when Alton at least Alton got himself cleaned up yeah yeah, well, hopefully he'll he'll clean himself up. I'm hoping so. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, smart money ain't on Franklin. That's a right. lot of pride. A lot of pride. He was. I, I like it. I loved the character. I I loved how again how it ended from a standpoint. Even with everything he had, he had done that going through, he still was on that. Wasn't my fault. Not taking this responsibility. You know, yeah. he still was on that. Point. He still was on that, and it was a perfect song to end the show in terms of pride and Kendrick Lamar because that's what he, he was. He was on that to a T. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and st- and you know, still thinking that he was way more important than he was uh, in terms of with the CIA. It's like you know, dude, they're not checking for you anymore. It's like they they've moved on. Um, but I, again, I, I I wonder how this show. From a culture, we know from a culture standpoint that this show is going to be remembered forever. Like the culture, it, you know, the culture loves this show. But I wonder, in terms of a historic, from a historic perspective in television, how how you know how well this show will be uh, remembered in terms of how the with the legacy. What, what are your thoughts on the legacy of this show ultimately? Um, the legacy of the show, I feel like. I'm hoping that it's just, well, I feel like it already has been. It's labeled as a good show. I hope people go back and watch it from the beginning. There are some people who now are saying that they want to watch it. I'm like, you've seen all the spoilers now, but hopefully they still go back and watch it and enjoy it. Um, But yeah, I think that the legacy of the show for Snowfall, that it can be, we got to see a black you know outside of the demise and like everything that he was doing but you know he was a black man who did what he needed to do to become a boss and i'm not you know encouraging his methods in particular but we got to see someone who um who kind of went after his own kind of destiny and he was a strong character and was able to 
give a new perspective for for his for his character and what it meant to be a black man i think that it was beautiful in the aspect that the show it explored power it explored explored trauma but like not in a you know pity me way but it also highlighted which was so bold but just highlighted the circumstances that black people who have been put in because of society and because of the things that have gone in, on in the government and that kind of thing i think that it's a show that has legacy within itself because you know like we're saying that franklin became alton like you know that's legacy in itself he worked so hard to take care of his mom and we saw just how it ended and um I think I'm the hope is just that you know people are able to have a new perspective on life learn something um connect with these characters see themselves in characters I think that that's always important for legacy yeah it told a, I, I think that it told an important story about the real the real America like you I one of the things that stands out about a, a truly great piece of art is what like are you going to go uh, do some research on it are you going to go read a book about it get more information mm-hmm. are you curious about uh, where they got some of their information from so I think that's where the show really nailed it like I want to know more about the the 80s cracker epidemic and, you know, one of the scenes in season two, a homeless lady was like, Reagan's a liar. Reagan's a liar. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, what, you know, for a younger generation, why, you know, there's this perception that Ronald Reagan was this great president, but we know the truth in terms of some of the things that he inflicted on this, with this country and and had the all times and stuff. So what about that? Like, what, how did he contribute to, this epidemic and the plight of, of systematic racism. So it touched on a lot of things that were that are extremely can be extremely uncomfortable for society. And I, I, I with that being said, I wonder when we see shows, uh, more shows, will it spawn more shows like that? Because it's not, it's not, it, and there were there were entertaining aspects of Snowfall. It had some comedy at times and what have you. But for the most part, it was a very show and it was a it, it held a mirror to the face of, of this country and that's not always and again, the wire had to find this out the hard way as far as rays and things that, that that nature that's not always that's not always going to be well received in, in this country as we all know right yes yeah I think um, it is that because you know a lot of people before snowfall came out didn't know that that was a real thing um, how real that story was you know there were different characters that you know that um could have been you know loosely based off of certain people or based but that you know that experience the you know cia and the you know it it really happened and for some of us who you know we didn't live that we weren't in that era or for people who might have been in that era but weren't in los angeles um that's a whole different culture and that kind of thing but 
yeah the the crack epidemic that that's it, it was it's very interesting that i think from season one even i remember we were like it's interesting that there's even a show like this that they're allowed to put this on air like allowed to expose this it was very bold and something that we hadn't seen um i also look into like another show that i felt like was kind of going into exposing different things was lovecraft country oh yes i love a great great show great 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 show yeah it was you know an amazing show but you know we'll we won't get a season two kind of thing so i think that the fact that snowfall was able to live in a truth and continue that and tell the full story and end it when they were ready to end it i think that that's so powerful and so important now there's always before i let you go there's there's all there's already been talk that uh, this is it leaked out a couple Mm -hmm. weeks back about spinoffs uh Gail Bean is already rumored to be on uh who of course plays Wanda was mm-hmm. already and by the way I'm so happy that they that they that she had a relatively happy ending. Uh one of the few characters that had a happy ending. Uh I guess we would put her in also uh mm-hmm. in, in that um in that category. But anything about the spinoffs that have you uh, do you have any connection connections with the spinoffs or are you gonna be a part of it or is it too early in terms of from that standpoint? It's too early for, you know, my anything of like me being involved in it. Um, but I'm hoping that it does happen. I would love Gail Bean is amazing. She's very just so humble but so talented and so sweet. Um I think that I would love to see her star in her spinoff and to see her story being told and that kind of thing. Um, I'm always for black women in lead roles. So yeah, I'm all for it. I, you know, I know there's been conversations about it, but I don't know too, too much about it, but I'm hoping that it does happen for her. Well, to give give the audience uh, something, um, the rumors are, and this again, I could date, I could be dead wrong, and you know, this is just speculation and, and, and you though, that it's going to explore the '90s, the hip hop era. She, her character, uh, at the end of Snowfall, said that she wanted to do music, so which would make sense because, like, that's the '90s is when hip hop really just went to another level. Uh, hip hop, R and B, particular, but especially hip hop, you had you know NWA. Uh, well, not you know, yeah, that was I, I would say it though, yeah, they were more eighties, but even just hip hop, you talk about Dr. Dre and yeah. Snoop and the West Coast, that whole era. So really, the, I mean, the nineties was it was a defining era of, of hip hop. So it would make sense if they went that direction, and then turn into you know the crack epidemic as well, continue with drugs and things that they should. It's still, of course, drugs to this day, but I, I like there there is some definitely some story to tell uh, moving forward from the snowfall from snowfall you know with the with the spinoff so I, i'll be intrigued uh to see what they do with that even though it's been, like to your point very very early uh in terms of uh production and things of that nature and even wondering about what it's going to be about yeah i'll oh, go ahead you want to say something no i'm just saying yeah for 
you know, there's been conversations about it and that kind of thing, but yeah, it is in like a, it would be with development if it, if it is something that's happening and stuff. So I don't have too many details, but I'm not always the biggest fan of spinoffs, but I'm rooting for Gail Bean and I love the show. So as long as it's going to be good, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think we have to temper expectations from the standpoint of, like, I, I don't immediately say, all right, this is Snowfall 2 or whatever. This is going to be, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't expect, I don't expect it to be Snowfall. I, yeah. It's quality, long as the, the, the work, the, the content is quality, I'm good with it, but I, I'm not going to, going into it with that type of expectation. I think that's just, just unrealistic. Like, this is, Snowfall is a generational thing, a generational show, and, like, you're not, yeah, those don't come along that often. They just don't uh, from that standpoint. But I'm very there's a story to be told though about the, the hip hop nineties era and even like I said, the crack epidemic and things of that nature and how, you know, hip hop have had hip hop on culture and especially and it makes sense with it being the fiftieth anniversary of hip hop as well. I even though it won't mm-hmm. come out, even though I'm assuming that it's not gonna come out in twenty twenty three, but just even we're we're up we're upon that this year, but let's see, even if it came out like next year in 2025, but there's, there, I mean, there's some story to be told there, so sure. uh, I will be definitely looking forward to it. But we, uh, again, thank you for giving us a long, a, a long time, uh, and I appreciate it. And we will, I definitely will look forward to having you back on the program to discuss even uh, more about the uh, FX and things of that nature that that be coming up in the, in the world of, of television. Uh, we definitely appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun, and it's given me a little closure on Snowfall. So I'm I'm (laughs) very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) No problem. You take it easy. Take good care. Okay, bye. Right. That, of course, was uh, D'Ara J. uh, (laughs) of FX. Uh, Definitely thank her for uh, coming on the program. And... um, I'm gonna do um I'm gonna do a snowfall I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a rewatch for uh seasons one through three in terms of the podcast. It's, it's just I mean it just would be foolish for me not to do do the last three seasons and not do the first three seasons. And I will have a whole different perspective on it considering I've watched the entire series. So that's gonna be coming up later in the summer. Um for me to do that to do that rewatch I could I like that because that would just it'd be foolish for me not to do do so so but that's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast I will see you next time enjoy the rest of your evening so with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.